Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25. Here's to the winning combination for 2023, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, while supplies last. You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. Cycle continues with Kopitar. Kopitar looking back to loose puck. They score! Kempe! Hat-trick! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Kempe in the circle. Fial for Kempe. Number four! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. The LA Kings delivered a perfect evening Saturday night. Jim Fox joins me for a quick look back on what it meant to us. Then Austin Stanovich helps me crown a King of the Week for a week that had exactly one game in it. But a perfect game, as previously stated. Before we start the episode, though, I just want to acknowledge that I'm obviously completely aware of the trade speculation that's been swirling around the team since Saturday night. Even if it wasn't the position of the LA Kings not to comment on that sort of thing, it's my personal policy to be completely irritated and annoyed by talking about it. So we're not talking about it. Rest assured, if anything actually does happen, we'll talk about what actually happens when it happens. But I'm not wasting your time or mine with what ifs and maybes. Joining me now, Jim Fox. How are you doing today, Jim? Doing great, Jess. Uh, every day after a 6 nothing win in the <laughs> Dustin Brown ceremony is pretty good. good eh? uh, so we are recording this Sunday morning. We've just listened to Todd McClellan. We just watched practice. But in a different world, I would have recorded something last night. But between talking to Todd McClellan and then there was a little event after the game and it didn't happen. But I wanted to get as immediate a reaction as I could. Um from my perspective, Jim, as a fan and now as an employee, I thought last night was as perfect a night as one can have in February at a hockey game. I just, uh, you know, my opinion of the presentation, the visual look of it, the way it was set up with class, Dieter on the piano, the color scheme, which are the king's colors, but that's a, you know, a tuxedo nature Black, white, uh, very classic. Uh, the tone, the atmosphere, but also I, I felt the setup of the stage and the involvement of the team brought everything to the theme of Dustin Brown, which is he is about the team. And that's what captured me. Of course, uh, I had comments prior to seeing the ceremony that we rehearsed in our open, which changed immediately once I saw the ceremony, which was uh, the speakers and Dustin's former teammates uh, speaking. And I thought that was just excellent. I find the conversation 
of who should have a statue or who should have a jersey retired to be boring and odious on the face of it. However, everything that was said last night on that stage should definitively answer those questions. If you were ever to have somebody ask you, well, why player X get a statue? Everything we heard last night from Matt Green, from Rob Scuderi, from Andre Kopitar, from Bob Miller, everything the fans have said, I mean, it just answered it definitively. Uh, it, it's, it's, yeah, first of all, it's the Los Angeles Kings. Mm-hmm. And we will choose whoever we want to exactly. give a statue to. Uh, because our market, our team, our history is unique. Different than 31 other teams and then others that have fallen on the wayside over the years. It took a while to win the first Stanley Cup. But I think to me, when you're talking about Dustin and just the elements that go together with a franchise, drafted by, ends up with the most games played by, ends up as the player that lifted the Stanley Cup first because he was the captain, chosen as the captain. In a plan, to me, that was put together, it's been talked about, it's been bandied about, it's just, you know, L.A.'s market is a star-driven market. And is Dustin Brown a star? Hmm. I think his numbers get him into that. But, you know, he's not that blazing, unless you're talking about his devastating hits. Mm -hmm. Is he a star? You know, when I was asked at this All-Star break, I I was asked to you know name my all-time Kings All-Star team. And my definition of a star is someone that has pizzazz. And so, you know, Dustin has that in his physical game. But then I, you know, I go back to some goals he scored. He had some pretty good. But it's, it's, it's the... It's the total picture. If I can steal from Todd McClellan, Dustin could play in any game, any style of game, and he could. Physical, fast, slow, high scoring, low scoring, special teams, power play, penalty kill. You know, he could do it all. And then he did it all over all these years. And in talking with Dustin, you know, his technique on hitting must be perfect. Because I've asked him, I, you know, how does your body feel? He says, I feel great. After this career, he was in at least 150 car crashes, really, in his career, where he just, you know, whether he's getting level or he hit guys, he just went through them. And, uh, you know, you put that, you just, you've got to put it all together as a group. And, you know, I've been in that because of my tenure. The the you know, there's so many guys that stand out, but you know, you're talking about to me, you're talking about a Dave Taylor like player in Dustin Brown. And we've gone on it before. The similarities coming to a team, difficult time talking in public, both worked on it, both became captains. And again, what Dustin Brown did that no one else has done as captain, he's hoisted two Stanley Cups. I do want to talk about the market real quick because I felt last night that the biggest cheers were for Matthias Nordstrom, Kyle Clifford, 
Dustin Brown, obviously. He referenced Matt, uh, Ian LaPerriere that got a big cheer. And obviously Alec Martinez, who has two, you know. But I've always felt as a fan of this team that one of the most misunderstood elements of the LA Kings fan base is that you need a Wayne Gretzky. And certainly no one's turning their back on a Wayne Gretzky if the opportunity arises. But the fans of this team have loved Ian LaPierre, Marty McSorley, Dustin Brown, Matty Nordstrom, mm-hmm. you know, and and for him to be the the consummate type of player from that team in 2012 that you have famously said nobody cared who they got the you know who got the credit. Dustin Brown must have said to me or to the public at least three or four times that he personally doesn't enjoy that kind of accolade. The, the one I think it was Dustin. If I you know everything sure after a while. You, I thought, you know, he, when he spoke to the fans about whether you were there before him or just joined since he's, that to me hit me. And I thought that the group of fans there last night was different than a normal night. Oh, 100%. I think it encompassed a broader version of I'm a Kings fan. That means you could be a. Mm-hmm. Pick an individual player, but I felt last night walking into the building, in the building, and even post game walking out, I felt a different vibe that people were there to see the LA Kings on a night where a man who represents the LA Kings was being honored. And that's different than a guy who's being recognized for his individual accomplishments. And Dustin had many of them, many, many of them. But he was being recognized as the leader of a team, a group, a su- successful group, a team that had success like no other group this franchise has ever seen. And those fans were there for him because he represented the LA Kings. I had a chance to talk to him a few hours after the ceremony, just a private moment off to the side, not an interview or anything. And I pulled him aside and I said to him, I know that you don't enjoy these sorts of things. I know that it makes you feel uncomfortable. I mean, obviously he enjoyed himself, but I know that it makes him feel uncomfortable. I know that he's not looking for that kind of thing. But I said, for all of the thanks you've received for your playing career, let me toss one more on the pile. Last night was incredible for the fans and for him and his wife and his children and his parents to come and do that one more time even though it may make him feel uncomfortable. To go ahead and give that to all of us, I thought deserved another thank you, and I thanked him for it. Well, I go back to his retirement and the press conference you know, before the playoffs mm-hmm. and where he talked about – I just loved his honesty about realizing that every day has not been his best day. But after maybe a bad day when he felt he could have been better, he just tried to strive to be better the next day. And then just to take – a sentence or a theme from that retirement ceremony. Again, that was, it was a press conference before the playoffs started. So mm-hmm. it was one of those things where the phrase he used was you're either, you know, sucking energy out or you're putting energy in. No one put energy in that building like Dustin Brown did last night. One thing maybe rivaled it. It wasn't a person. Uh, it was the Stanley Cup, which I did not know was coming. And I w- had held it together pretty well until that moment. Now, I've been present at a lot of the planning meetings for that event, and I had no idea 
that was going to happen. Did you know before it arrived that that was on the schedule? Well, I I had it at my house the night before. Oh, so well, I guess you knew. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, I did not know, and unfortunately, due to my duties for Bally's, I had to kind of leave to oh, go no. down for the pregame show that was taking place at the time. But sure. I had to join Patrick O'Neill, so I had I left before the Stanley Cup came out. Oh. So I did not see the Stanley Cup, and I did not actually see the sweater being risen into the rafters. Uh, but um, I did see the highlights of it and them and pictures and so uh, and then just comments from mm-hmm. everyone after that that got a lot of people and it is it's a great example of it's a great example of how the NHL does something better than any other league and it's that presentation of the trophy to the players. Mm-hmm. The guys who give up what they need to give up, whatever they need to give up, whatever they need to sacrifice, they do it. And they are given that as a group. Yes, coaches, yes, management, yes, ownership, but that cup is given to the players. And I think you get that feel last night. So before I let you go, because I know you've got to go uh, to a Super Bowl party, sorry, a big game party. I'm not allowed to say the SB words. Um But I do just want to take a moment to acknowledge everybody that works for the Kings because it really was an incredible night. And for me, I have the benefit of of watching it as, you know, part of it as an employee, but also still there. I still have some fan tendrils. Yeah. Um, But whether it's Kelly Cheeseman, Mike Altieri, Sean Tabler, Patrick, Samaria, Goose, you know, apologies if I'm leaving people's names off, Alex, Phil, Trev. Chris, Jim, Alex, uh, I'm definitely leaving people's names off and I apologize. But I thought everybody went above and beyond, put on a really incredible show. And I do want to single out Luke Robitaille because there's no way, and this is pure speculation on my part, but I will never not believe that there's no way that Stanley Cup shows up without without a little elbow grease from number 20. Well, you know, for the person that holds the long, record for the longest ceremony ever... <laughs> I think that Luca. No, you're right. I. You could tell. Planning went into this. Mm-hmm. Planning goes into everyone, but if they could dot all the I's and cross all the T's before it happened, and when it does take place, right? You never know how it's going to unfold. Uh, again, to me, the scripting. The atmosphere, the color scheme, and the setup was absolutely perfect, and that doesn't happen by chance. Yeah. And then again, then just who was brought in from out of town, and I'm sure Dustin had a lot to say about that. Uh, you know, and if I can't, I never had a chance to do it, but to see during the TV timeout during the game when Kyle Clifford drank from the Stanley Cup. <laughs> And then turned to the arena and just gave it the, you know, that that might be the most unceremonial thing that was done last night. And it that captures, <laughs> yeah. again, that captures that team feeling. That ta- captures a bunch of guys that will never, ever forget what they accomplished. I'm going to toss out another couple names, Mason, Jeff, and Nathan. I'm... I know I'm forgetting names, so apologies to everybody. Adam, I'll toss his name out too. The kid I like to bully at work. 
Jim, thank you very much for everything, especially Pleasure, for joining yeah. me here today. And, Great night. Uh, yeah. Great night. Real quick, king of the week, Phoenix or Kempe? Well, well. It's only one game. So. Contract-wise, it's, it's, it's Phoenix. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he gets a new one, yeah, so that was a... No, great. Just man, you just you just hope and pray, and every thought you go before that game is let's make it a successful night, and <laughs> it couldn't have been any better. I hope I'm not talking out of school, but I talked to Phil Deneau in the chairman's uh, lounge last night, and he told me uh, this is off the record probably, but sorry, Phil. He told me he thought they were going to get their doors blown off before the game. There you go. But they didn't. So, Jim, thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Pleasure. All right, Kings fans, that was a celebration for Dustin Brown, ending with him raising the Stanley Cup once again on the podium at center ice, which was a complete surprise to me. i got to tell you, I've been a part of the meetings for planning this event, and I did not know that that was going to happen. I'm a little choked up. I apologize. Uh, that was an emotional moment to end the ceremony there tonight with Dustin Brown once again raising the Stanley Cup at center ice here at Crypto.com Arena. We're going to take a commercial break right now. <laughs> when we come back, Daryl Evans will join me as we talk about Dustin Brown and tonight's festivities. Thanks for listening, Kingsman. Stick around. We'll be right back. Time to crown another King of the Week. Joining me to do that, Austin Stanovich. How are you doing today, Austin? Doing great, Jesse. Great night last night. Ready for this uh, podcast. Fantastic night. First time you've been in per- in here in person in the studio, yes? It is. A wonderful studio. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's pristine white walls with nothing on them (laughs) uh one game for king of the week uh so it's gonna be well i thought it was gonna be pretty easy but then you know it turns out two stellar performances so we're gonna start out with you your honorable mention for the week my honorable mention is actually be phoenix copley and I'll give a little spoiler. I'm going to cheat at some point in this. I am also going to okay. cheat. And I have a sneaking suspicion now hearing your honorable mention that we're going to cheat in the same I way. believe so. Yeah, right. But Copley, <laughs> not criticism, but one of the things people talk about with Copley is that he's doing great, but he's mostly making the stage he's supposed to. He's not doing mm-hmm. things stellar. Mm-hmm. Last night, especially in the first, there was a moment. Pittsburgh had a power play after the Kings went up one nothing, And he made a couple really good saves. He had the one where he came across and goes off his helmet. I think Malkin had a chance in the slot. He makes a big save. Deals with the rebound well, and I was up in the box and thought, that's a little different from Copley. This is him dialed in, playing a really good game, so I think he deserves even more credit for the shutout than just like, hey, he got a shutout. He really fought for that shutout. It wasn't just the Kings dominating that game. I was talking to Phoenix Copley this morning, uh, in between asking to see his mask and mentioning the, uh, the contract extension, and I asked him if it's possible that a goalie's personality could mesh better or worse with a team's personality. Because if you look at Jonathan Quick, for example, and apologies to Jonathan Quick to deli- to make this direct comparison, but in the years when the cup was when the team was winning the cup, Jonathan Quick was literally that guy where if you got him in the locker room after the game and they had lost one to nothing and he'd allowed a single goal, you know, and and the reporters would say, you know, well, did your team let you down? Did they not provide you enough goals? He'd say, this is on me. I need to be better, et cetera, et cetera. If he won, you know, one to nothing, then it was all about how the team provided him the goal necessary to win the game, and he just showed up and did his job. You know what I mean? It was like, and that fit into, we heard all the speeches last night. We heard all the things. Like, that's why Dustin Brown's getting a statue, is because they all bought into that mentality, and Dustin Brown played a huge role in instilling that mentality. I don't know yet exactly what I think 
the personality of this team is, but I said it last year, and I'm leaning more and more into it, the idea that they win with the power of friendship. Um, <laughs> Phoenix Copley is not a, an outgoing extrovert, at least from what we've seen. Maybe he is, you know, away from the media. I don't know. But I do think there's something about the fact that he comes in, he does his job, he makes the saves you expect him to, as you said, that allows the power of friendship <laughs> to build around him. And uh, and I don't know, it's working. So I, I, I'm echoing your call for him to be uh, the honorable mention. Perfect. I'm worried that we're just going to end up No, it the is same just going to I mean, it's yeah. one game. What are you, so that I'm a, presumably then your runner-up is number nine. <laughs> Yeah, it is indeed. Yep. <laughs> My runner-up is number nine. Yeah. Um, great time from him. I, he's done this twice for me now, right before I came on this podcast, where I wrote an article about how great he is, and then he goes and has an amazing game. So <laughs> thank you to him for that. Sure. But I think there were still doubters after last year that it was one season, it's his contract year, he's not going to repeat it, and to come out and do what he's doing this season, on pace for 38 now, one empty net goal is just remarkable. I mean, there cannot be people out there who say anything but this guy's a premier goal scorer. And I was talking to Dooley about it, and it's funny because, like, obviously he is. It makes sense. He's big, really fast, and shoots really hard. Of course he scores a ton of goals. Right. But it's nice to see someone actually put all those tools together and make use of them. So Adrian Kempe, runner-up for me. There's a thing that happens to me a lot where I will make an observation, I'll see something, I'll squirrel it away in the back of my brain. In the moment, I'll think, like, I don't really need to say that out loud. And then someone else will say it, I don't know, a day later, 10 days later, a month later, and I'll get pissed because they'll get credit for it. And I'll think, well, I saw that. I just didn't think it was worth saying. Like, yeah, duh. Um, <clears throat> you have this really wonderful knack of saying stuff or asking questions that I actually had never even considered. That that not just a plop out of nowhere, but that imply that you are paying attention and doing your homework. And you had one last night, and I insanely jealous of the fact that you clued in on it and that is earlier in the year talking about adrian kempe with todd mcclellan todd mcclellan had a quote that sort of blew my eyebrows back which was that a lot of his goals last year were empty netters (laughs) and so the phrase was used he's a 30 something goal scorer and todd he chooses weird moments to sort of like (laughs) equivocate over what is being talked about. And that was one of them where he was like, well, I don't know. Was he? Cause he scored whatever, nine empty netters. So now we're down to like 24 and you're like, dude, <laughs> he's your player. <laughs> like we're saying nice things about him. Um, but you pointed out that this year, what was it? One empty yeah, netter? One right now. And he's on pace for 38. 38. Thank yeah. you. So much for, you know, nine empty netters. So he's not really a 30 yeah. goal scorer. Can't like. take away from him now. No, he's, and also, of course, there is value in being the kind of player yeah. who's out there when the empty net is yeah, of course. available to be had. But yeah, he boy, that first goal he scored. That he I mean, his shot is I I never honestly when people describe a player as having a nice shot, I'm never entirely sure. I mean, I know what I think it means, but I'm never sure what other people think it means. But right. that first goal last night. It's just the way I describe his shot is when we go down before we get led into the locker room at practice and you see him shoot the puck, the way it explodes off his stick is so much. I mean, even Arthur Kelly, who I think does have the best overall shot on the team, it's not the same. The puck comes off Kempe's stick just so ridiculously hard, and if he places it at all well, it's going to beat 99% of goalies in the world because, I mean, it explodes is the only word that comes to my mind when I see him shoot. So the last part of that sentence is what I focus in on. It's the intentionality, the deliberateness of the shot because – 
I can't remember what the game was, but I was uh, it was a road game, and I had traveled to the Bally's, or at the time, Fox Sports West Studio, and I was watching the game with Patrick and Jarrett, and the Kings scored a goal, and it was one of those... The dude clearly closed his eyes and, you know, gripped it and ripped it from 20 feet out, and it happened to go in. And I looked at, at Stoll, and I said, like, level with me. When a guy takes a shot like that, you don't know it's going in. Like, you're just hoping and praying, right? And he said, well, you know, you are aiming, right. but do you know for a fact that you're hitting the, tar- you know, like the three-inch hole above the goalie's left shoulder because he didn't seal his post off properly? Like, no, maybe not. Yeah. When Kempe is scoring goals like he did last night. I believe that those are deliberate, intentionally aimed and placed shots. So I also choose him as my runner-up, which, of go. course, brings us then to your King of the Week. There was only ever one answer for the King of the Week. I mean, they could have had seven games and won all seven of them, ten to nothing. There'd only be one answer for King of the Week, and that is forever a king, Dustin Brown. I mean, we could do an entire podcast episode on who this guy is, what he means to the organization, but I'll keep mine short. And I kind of keyed in on something he said during his speech about Wayne Gretzky being a builder and you know the impact it has on California hockey, a guy like Trevor Moore. And as someone who grew up in California, in the California hockey scene, while the Kings were winning their championships, while Dustin Brown was doing what he does, I can confirm without a shadow of a doubt, California hockey players of a certain age view Dustin Brown in that same light. There is several kids I grew up with growing up now, some NHL draft picks who look at Dustin Brown as a guy who brought hockey to California. He brought them the championship. He put them on the map on top of what Gretzky did. So I think whatever criticisms there are of a statue for Dustin Brown, it is so deserved for that alone. I mean, the impact he has is just immeasurable for that single reason. So I just did 12 minutes with Jim about last night and about Dustin Brown, so I won't waste everybody's time repeating what I did with him. But I'm glad that you brought that up. So before I want to put a pin in that, we're going to come back to that. But uh, I do have to say congratulations, Dustin Brown. Yes. This week's King of the Week. So I'm actually really thrilled that you said what you just said because um, I got into a Twitter exchange last night with a fan of a certain vintage, um, who said something that uh, one when you're a little bit older, Austin, you'll find yourself <laughs> presumably saying the same thing, which is basically darn these kids today and their loud music and <laughs> keep them off my lawn. And I uh, singled out um, Ryan Stahl and No Context LA Kings. Uh, and apologies to any Kings fan who is under the age of 30 who didn't get name-checked. I went with those two guys because I've actually literally met them both face-to-face. And so I can vouch for them. But one thing I've become really mindful of recently, Austin, is that while I certainly don't believe myself to be old, uh, I am aware that, you know, I I stumbled onto a tweet last night that was talking about King's Twitter. Mm -hmm. And 10 years ago, I was an active participant in what I thought was King's Twitter. I'm not anymore. Because I'm 44. I'm about to be 45. I'm on Twitter. I tweet about the Kings. But I'm not participating in the conversations. You know, meme culture has evolved (laughs) beyond my capacity to follow. I have objections to the new slang because I'm set in my ways and I prefer the old slang, etc., etc. So you are of a younger generation. Um, But, you know... 
regarding your comments about Dustin Brown and people who grew up in Southern California playing, as you yourself did, you know, what is the King's identity in your mind? Like, because, so let me clarify. I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. I wasn't trying to talk. <laughs> no, <from> no, that. <laughs> so one of the things that I noticed last night, and I did mention this to Jim, is that the biggest cheers I felt were for your Cliffords, your Nordstrom's. Um, there was a reference to Ian LaPerriere, obviously Martinez, because he has those two incredible moments where he actually won, literally won the cup with a shot off of his stick. But my thought was, Kings fans of my generation, yes, obviously Gretzky, Dion, Palfi, Sure. But the lunch pail, the blue collar, the the hitters, the checkers, your McSorleys, et cetera, that, that that might on the face of it go against the sort of glitzy, glammy LA Hollywood stars mentality, but that that is actually what your average Kings fan identifies with. I'm curious if that's just me or if you feel that in your generation. No, I think that still holds in my generation at least. Uh, obviously, I remember the early 2000s. Kings weren't great, mm-hmm. but that was very, I mean, I vaguely remember those. I mostly remember 2008 and beyond, and that team's identity was very much meat and potatoes, grind out wins, and one of the reasons people love Dustin Brown is because he embodied that. Mm-hmm. And most kids I knew growing up, they loved Kopitar because of what he could do, but everyone wanted to be Dustin Brown. Because how cool is it to watch a guy run someone through the inboards and then bury 30 goals in a year? It was Everyone wanted to be that guy. It was awesome. Your highlight reel looks so cool. Everyone wanted to be that. So I still think that holds. I mean, Kyle Clifford, like you said, he got huge cheers. Everyone loves a guy like Clifford. They weren't there, but I imagine Jordan Nolan, Dwight King are guys that would have gotten big cheers. Jarrett Stoll, too. Like, all of those guys I still think get that big ovation. Part of it, too, I think those guys were – that core from 2012 2014 remained mainly the same, but those guys especially. Like, your superstars – they didn't come and go, but Gabrick was only there for the last one. He was a big-time superstar. Mike Richards was a superstar in the first one, less so in the last one. So I think that those core guys were there for so long, people just fell in love with them. I left out um, Matt Green as well. Oh, um, God, yeah, Matt Green. L.A. is so far removed from the engine that drives the world hockey machine you know whether it's toronto or sweden or montreal or wherever you want to argue it is you know and there are so many conversations about how's the sport grown does it you know is it a real hockey blah 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 blah. but i still find and i felt this way about last night that because la is so far removed from that and even with smartphones and social media and streaming and now you can watch every game on espn plus if you like it's still a choice to be a hockey fan in Southern California. And now with, you know, the Ducks and the Golden Knights and the Sharks, it's a, it's even an extra layer of choice of being a Kings fan. You know, if you live in L.A. or even Orange County and you choose to be like a Golden Knights fan, you know, how dare you, first of all. <laughs> but also, you know, there's something wrong with you. But for those people to, you know, like last night, that game, you, I saw people I hadn't seen in a while. I saw people that I see every game. I heard from people and, and it, I really dislike using the word family to describe things that are not actually your family. But I thought last night was a celebration, not necessarily just of Dustin Brown, but of everybody in that building who has chosen to be there and to be part of it and and 
to participate. And and, and uh, I don't know. I don't know the point of it anymore. <laughs> but I, I just thank you for being that part of the next generation. I guess. Oh, of course, I'm glad I can be a part of that generation. I definitely agree. I mean, the they would you know the cliche, the world's small, whatever. The hockey world is truly tiny, and in Southern California and California in general, it is even smaller. So, I think family is a good way to describe it because it that is the feeling you get. I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, it's big game Sunday, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure uh, everybody wants to go to the – although people won't be listening to this on Sunday. They'll be listening to it on Monday or later. There's a game on Monday. Um, if uh, anybody is not aware, the LA Kings Festival and State of the Franchise event is Wednesday night. We will have coverage of that. I'm not sure if tickets are even available, but certainly go to LAKings.com and Try and sniff that out or hit up the usual suspects on Twitter to find out that information. If not, like I said, we will be covering it. We'll have the audio from it. Read Austin Stanovich at LAHockeyNow.com or follow him on Twitter. I apologize. I don't have your Twitter handle off the top of my head. A Stanovich 68 There Very you go. Yeah. And, uh, and I should have thrown this plug in earlier. I apologize. apologize. But LA Hockey Now, Austin, listen, I'm not – going to heap praise on you. I'm going to heap praise on you from Jim Fox. How many times now uh, has Jim singled you out for 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 work you've done in the locker room or in the post, post-game, post-practice scrums? A few times now, and that is career highlight type of thing for me. Growing up as a Kings fan, he's been the voice of the Kings alongside Bob Miller for a long time, and that's what, when you put the Twitter space up where he called me out or gave me a shout-out publicly, rather, that is the most texts I've got from people who I haven't talked to in a very long time. Like, oh my God, Jim Fox gave you a shout out. And it's, I think you said, you know, even you sometimes, you've worked with them for a while now, you get to the ring, you're like, oh my God, that's Jim Fox. I'm hanging out with. I get that every single day. Just to have him compliment, like, the fact that he knows my name is amazing. So to have him compliment me, it is the greatest honor I think I'll ever have. It's fun, right? It's amazing. Yeah. It's great. No, it doesn't get old. No, not at all. And I do appreciate all the nice things you say, Jesse, and you as a person. You're fantastic. Everybody means every word of it. Austin Sanovich, thank you for joining. Thank you so much.